Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henman. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel, Ohio. Luke chapter 1, you there? Fantastic. Now, this morning's a little different than a, a typical message. That is, this morning is kind of introductory in nature. And, and so here's where we're headed this morning. First, I'm going to introduce our teaching series that we're beginning today. And then second, I'm going to introduce our new vision, mission, and strategy statement, our values. And then I'm going to talk about a few of our strategic objectives for this coming year. Now, in introducing the Gospel of Luke here, and our text, our text will be, our passage will be chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Now, interestingly enough, if you look in the original Greek, those four verses are actually one sentence, and they're written in a very classical, very refined, very academic Fashion, that is, listen, Luke was a man of science and research. He was a doctor. In fact, the Apostle Paul calls him in Colossians 4.14, the beloved physician. He was a very, very smart guy, and he reflects that in his introduction. But then, for the rest of the Gospel of Luke, he kind of loosens up a bit, and he begins to speak, uh, not in academic language, but in the language of the village in the language of the street. And so through this, what Luke is communicating to us is simply this. Listen, this account has all the proper academic and scholarly credentials, but I have written it in such a way that anyone can understand it. That is, he wasn't writing to impress anybody with his academic prowess. He was writing to reveal Jesus to anyone that was willing to hear. Take a look at verse 1 with me. Luke begins, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. Now let's go back and, and unpack verse 1 again. It says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to what? Compile a narrative. That, that is, Luke was led by the Holy Spirit to write his gospel, knowing that many other accounts of Jesus' life had already been written. And so this may be a reference to Matthew and Mark, because Matthew and Mark were written before Luke. John was actually written afterwards. And it most probably is, but it is also most probably in reference to the other accounts written about Jesus' life that were not inspired by the Holy Spirit. Verse 1 continues, of the things that have been, what? Accomplished among us. That is, all the writings that Luke has previously referred to contain within them things commonly known and believed by Christians in the days of Luke about the life of Christ and what he did 
among them, what they saw and what they experienced. Now take a look with me on the screen at John chapter 21, verse 25. It says this, Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. And so what we need to realize when we are looking at the Gospels, that they are just a very, very small sample of what Jesus actually did in his earthly ministry. And so the Holy Spirit has selected these things specifically on purpose for us here. And so that should profoundly affect how we look at them and how we interpret them and how we seek to apply them in our lives. Verse 2 goes on. Just as those who from the beginning were what? Eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. That is, Luke is basing his account on the original sources because Luke wrote to a first century people that, listen, that, that were fed up with, you know, the do good and experience life to the fullest. You know, if it feels good, do it sort of thing. They were fed up with that, but they were also very, very weary of all the crazy nut job religious people. And so those people, just like today, were longing for the authentic Jesus. They were longing for this thing called the authentic Christianity. That is a faith founded on fact. Now in verse 3 and 4, Luke explains to us the reason why he writes his account. Take a look with me at verse 3. It says, It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write in an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. Okay, so let's go back and unpack verse 3 real quick. It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write what? An orderly account. That is, Luke was aware of the accounts of Jesus out there, but he wants to write a perfect account that is most comprehensive in nature. And so Luke writes the largest narrative of Jesus' life. He writes it all the way from the Annunciation of John the Baptist to Jesus' ascension. It's the most universal account in terms of its audience. It has Gentiles and Jews in view. It has the largest accounts of Jesus' prayer life, and we'll go through all of those. It is the gospel that says the most about the Holy Spirit and joy, and we'll be seeing that and unpacking that. It is also the gospel that talks the most about preaching the good news, and so we'll be unpacking that as well. Now, verse 3 continues. For you, most excellent who? Theophilus, take note of that name, that you may have what? Certainty. That is, Luke is saying his account is perfect concerning the things you have been taught. Now, 
Even though Luke had a larger audience in mind with his gospel, he addressed it to this person who was a ruler in that day. And we do not know who that ruler was. We assume he was probably a Roman government official. Now, this account that Luke writes to this official by the name of Theophilus has two volumes. Volume one is the Gospel of Luke. Volume two is the book of Acts. So Luke and Acts actually are one book. They go together, even though they're separated by the Gospel of John in our Bibles. So turn over to Acts chapter 1. It's just go go into Luke, then you hit John, then you'll hit Acts. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1. We'll read down to verse 8. In the first book, that is volume 1, the Gospel of Luke, O who? Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. That is, I wanted you to know Jesus. I wanted you to know God clearly until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be what? My witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the what? End of the earth. That is the gospel of Acts is all about Jesus' spirit the Holy Spirit entering into us with power so that we can make God known to the world. And so a very simple summary of the Gospel of Luke is simply this, to know God. And a very simple summary of the book of Acts is simply this, to make Him known. And so let's put those two summaries together into one sentence. Fill this out in your notes. Write down, to know God and make Him known. To know God and make Him known. Now let me say this uh, in regards to that. We will be unpacking the Gospel of Luke, and the book of Acts, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, for however many weeks that will take us, to bring in full view and clarity this pursuit 
of knowing God and making him known. Second, this summary statement to know God and make him known. Listen, this is what defines us as a church. And so let me unpack that a little bit. That is, I've been prayerfully studying and with much angst, to be honest, (laughs) seeking God's will for over three years for our church, for what I'm sharing with you just briefly this morning. And part of that conversation that I've had with God was about the fact that our world just keeps getting more and more complicated, that people's lives just keep getting more and more busy, they keep getting more and more noisy. And so I knew that we needed to simplify and clarify who we are as a church and what we are about. That is, in the past, we've had a mission statement at Grace Chapel, and the mission statement was at Grace Chapel, we are here to glorify God, help followers to grow in Christ, and help others to know about Jesus in the greater Minerva area. And then we had a vision statement, and it was a page long, and it was, I won't read it this morning, but, uh, you know, it was basically a picture of a healthy church with a picture of a future facility that would house a, a modern church. And then we have our strategy statements where we talked about what we wanted to move people along a path. And we talked about moving people from the community to the congregation and from the congregation to the committed and from the committed to the core, which the core is a fully devoted follower of Christ. And we talked about all those things in G1 class, if you ever took it, and I'm sure none of you remember it if you did, but we talked about it in there. And and listen, it's on our website. If you ever go you know, past the second page, it is in there and uh, it won't be anymore because we simplified it. And, and, and I've taught all those things here on Sunday morning. And listen, they have served us well. There's nothing wrong with them at all. But for simplicity's sake, what we have done is that we have taken all three of those statements, our mission statement, our vision statement, and our strategy statement, and we had made them one. That is the mission, the vision, and the strategy of Grace Chapel as we move forward is simply this, to know God and to make Him known. That is who we are. That is what we are about. This is what permeates everything we do. And so it also makes us selective. That is, understand, we want to be a simple church. We want to do a few things well. That is, listen, light diffused is not very powerful and effective, but light concentrated can literally cut still. And so what we want to do is we want to do a few things the best that we can. Not a lot of things moderately, but that means we have to be selective. And and that's kind of hard. It's a hard thing because you know what? There are a lot of good things that a church can do, right? It's not like you're saying yes or no 
to bad things. But if you will allow us to lead you, then we can together focus on and be more effective in a few lanes. That is, ultimately, there are reasons that we say no to some things and yes to others. And listen, it's not preference. We are always sitting back as the leaders of the church praying and looking at the family, looking at, you know, what is kind of the rhythm of the family, just like you do with your family. And like, are, are we, are we running? Is, is, you know, are too many people bearing the weight? Do we really want to go after that? How, how's this impacting the people that really carry the load? All that kind of stuff. We're looking at that. And then we're looking at, okay, well, how does this fit best? with our strategy and where we believe God is taking us as a church. And so our mission at Grace is, listen, we want you to personally know God, to encounter God, to root yourself in God in such a deep and intimate way that, listen, you manifest Jesus to the world around you in your words, and in your deeds. And so that's our mission for you personally. That is also our mission for us collectively as we gather, that as we come together in whatever environments that we are in, that we are knowing God more, that we are encountering God in such a real way that we are like the branches connected to the vine that cannot but bear fruit, that we are vessels so filled with the Holy Spirit that we are overflowing out upon those in our midst and upon our world, making him known, manifesting who he is through our surrender and obedience to him in our lives. So, yes, I hope you say amen to that. That's, just, that's good stuff. And so ultimately then, what does that look like at Grace? Well, that then is your strategy statement. And I have simplified that to four key steps, and those flow out of our statement to know God and make Him known. Now, here's what we need to know about these four steps. They're not something that we do one time. They are steps that we pursue until Jesus comes back. That is, think of these steps in terms of like basketball. That is, if you're a very, very, very beginner in basketball, then, then you have to learn how to pass, how to dribble, and how to shoot, right? But you can grow in those basics. You can get more effective, more creative in those basics. You can go deeper and more profound with those basics because you can take those same simple skills and watch them in the NBA and they use them to a whole nother level. And it's the same with these steps. These steps are a journey, a pursuit of greater and greater intimacy with God. So take a look with them on the screen with me. The step one, fill this in. It's on your card too, you know. Step one is Sunday morning. Step two is life groups. It's on that card again if you don't get it written down. Step one is 
Sunday morning, step two is life groups. And then step three is serving. And step four is outreach. Step three is serving. And step four is outreach. Now, again, these steps are the steps that we want each person to take and to continue to take, and they are also the steps as a church collectively that we are taking together. Now, in addition to that, they are also in priority. That is, step number one is Sunday morning, and so Sunday is our number one priority as a church as we collectively gather. There is no other place where the church gathers to worship as the body of Christ defined by Jesus. It is the most important thing that we do. And so it is our top priority as a community. But it is also the first step that we want each person to do, and that is to be here regularly at church as a habit of their life every Sunday morning. And so, of course, our culture does everything in its power because it's empowered by the evil one to keep people away from that habit of gathering for worship every week. Now, the second step is life groups. And so what we say around here, you know, it's great to worship in a crowd, but it's hard to get to know someone. So, you know, if you're going to get to know someone, you need to move into the life groups. You know, if you want to know people and be known, if you want to be cared for and be able to care for others, if you want to pray for other people and be prayed for, that happens when we circle the wagons in a life group. We're in rows here, but in life groups, we circle it up. Care, intimacy, and uh, growth in terms of getting face-to-face with someone happens in our life groups. Now, the third step there is serving. That is, we want you to personally grow in Christ. And part of your personal character development process is that you use the gift that God gave you. In fact, you're commanded to do so. Every one of you have been given at least one spiritual gift by God. And God expects you to use it, and he will ask you in heaven, what did you do with it? He expects us to invest it as a part of the body of Christ to do what he wants done here. And it's part of him making you more like Jesus. It's part of you living out and knowing him in your life here as well. And so we want you personally serving, but also collectively, you know, Christ calls the church a body. And so I don't know about you. Do you want to cut off any part? Do you want any part that's unhealthy? No. So if you want a healthy body, you want all parts clicking on all cylinders. So if we're all coming together, moving in our part of the body, moving in unison with the head, then listen, we will be far more effective for the kingdom of God. And then the fourth step, of course, is outreach. That is, we want you to be personally sharing your faith with Jesus Christ, and we want to collectively evangelize our community as a church together as well. 
Now, as you see on that diagram on the screen or on the card too, it's, it's in both places, you'll see that step one and step two flow out of the first part of that statement to know God. And then step three and step four flow out of the second part of our statement, and that is to make God known. And so simplification, our mission, our vision, our strategy at Grace Chapel moving forward we can all own this and easily remember it, is to, to know God and make Him known. Now, I, I want to share the values of our church as well, and then a few quick street strategic objectives that we have for this year. First off, our values. Now, we used to have 12 values, and so I very pain, painfully whittled them down to four (laughs) for solely the purpose of us remembering them and owning them better. It's not that we don't care about those other things. I'm just trying to simplify things so that we own them and live them better. Here's the first value that I want you to fill in. The first one is biblical preaching. Biblical preaching. Now, this is a core conviction of our church. We bleed it. And in just a casual reading of God's Word, you will see that it is prescribed by God. The second value is this, fill this in, encountering God. Encountering God. That is, we believe in the Word and the Spirit, that they work together. That is, we're just not about information. We are about transformation. We want you to experience the presence of God in everything that we do. We want you to experience that He is alive, that He is real, that He does do miracles, that He does change lives, that He will give you a future and a hope today and tomorrow and forever, truly for us, the best is always yet to come. That is not hype. That is God's promise. Our third value is this. Fill this in. Excellence. Excellence. That is, listen, we ultimately believe that excellence honors God and inspires people. And that when we fall short of that, or when we fail to do that, we're really saying that God is not that important to us. Now, closely related to that is our fourth value, which is this, fill this in, generosity. Generosity. That is, listen, we know that God has been extremely generous to us, and so we ultimately, because we love Him, want to be generous back to Him, and ultimately He commands us to do so. He says, listen, you're stewards. You don't own it. I just loaned it to you for a while. You know, there's no U-Haul attached to that hearse. You're not taking it with you. So it's on loan to you. I want you to be a good steward. I want you to use it for my kingdom. It's okay for you to enjoy it. You're my child. I'm, I'm not against that. Don't let it own you, though. Don't let it grab your heart. Use it for my purposes. And then he says something on top of that. He doesn't have to, but on top of that, he gives us a promise. And that promise simply is this, you can never outgive God. He will always, always bless you more back than anything that you ever surrender 
or give to him. Now, real quick, let me give you some strategic objectives for this year. And again, this is just kind of a sample. You know, there there are more than this, but I just want to highlight a few for our purposes this morning. Fill this in in your notes. Simplify the vision, the mission, and the strategy of our church. Now, obviously, we have begun to do that this morning, and we need to continue to teach it in all our settings, and we need to own it personally and corporately as a church, but true conviction, you know, dying on the hill, I'll take a bullet for this, conviction only comes by the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. And so a key part of this is the Holy Spirit through the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts putting His DNA in us as we immerse ourselves in God's Word. Second, fill this in in your notes. We need to build and staff our church around that simple structure. We need to build and staff our church around that simple structure. Now, obviously, we are assessing what that is going to look like. I will say this in our ever-changing world, a lot of the traditional roles in church are shifting and have changed a lot. And so we have a lot to consider as we're looking forward to what God is doing and what we see Him moving in our midst and in our culture and looking to say, okay, what is the best way that we can best develop devoted followers of Christ from the babies to, you know, to seniors, which I'm entering that category. Thank you, Lord. But So all the way, all generations, we want to uh, disciple them best. So we're looking at that, and we'll roll that out as we compile that and assess you uh, uh, with where we're headed. The third one is this. Fill this in your notes. Teach and equip the church to share their faith. We need to teach and equip the church to share their faith. That's Now, Rod obviously began that last week. He did a fantastic job, right? So he already, he did a lot of equipping last week. And so it is my heart, listen, it is my heart that every person in this church leads someone to Christ. You, there is no greater joy this side of heaven. It is my heart that you know how to share your faith with someone else. Because this is what I also know. If your faith is boring, if your faith is stagnant, listen, if church is oh-hum and boring, it is because you are not sharing your faith. Because when you step out of your comfort zone and you are sharing your faith, you will feel the power and passion of the Spirit in your life, because you cannot do it without Him. Fourth, fill this in in your notes. Increase the amount and temperature of prayer in our church. Increase the amount and temperature of prayer in our church. If you look at the two things most prescribed in the Bible, preaching and prayer, that those have to be our objectives as a church. That is, ultimately, who believes that prayer can do what God can do? Yeah. Now, who who believes this? That one word of counsel from God for your situation is worth more than all the world's wisdom for your situation. 
Absolutely. So that means we believe that. So that means we need to seek him in regards to what we truly believe. And so there are two key initiatives that we are launching under that initiative. And one of them is encounter nights. And the encounter night will happen on a Wednesday night. They will launch our life group semesters. And an encounter night will simply be this. We want the life groups to come. We want the rest of the church to come. And we will be seeking God in praise and prayer. The praise band will lead us in praise. And then we'll have times of corporate prayer. And then we'll break out and we will pray for one another. No message. You don't have to hear a sermon from me. We will just be lifting one another up and our needs before our most high God. The second initiative that we are launching underneath this objective is we are putting together a prayer team for Sunday morning. That is, we want you to be personally prayed for, whatever your need is, whatever your prayer request is, every Sunday here, right on the spot. When you say it, you can get it prayed for. We want you personally lifted up before God every Sunday right here. And listen, you can still write your prayer requests. You see there's not much room on that connection card. You can still write those prayer requests. We still have a prayer team. We'll send those to. And what we've done is we've moved that to the website. So you can type that into the website and we'll still send that out. But what we really want is if you need prayer, we want to do it right now. Okay? Fifth, fill this in, in your notes. Transition from a portable church to a fixed facility. (sighs) I'm almost ready to breathe. Not yet. Now, the team tasked with this objective, by the way, has worked extremely hard over the past three years. And, And listen, their work has all been behind the scenes so you don't see it. But I, I do want you to understand because I, I, I'm i jealous for them that you understand how many hours they've devoted and how much energy has been devoted behind the scenes. And it may not feel like there's been any movement. There has been tremendous movement and tremendous energy poured into this pursuit. And so listen, we are currently, we have several options on the table, but understand the number one option at the top of the list is Shopco. And listen, God has provided us with a great counsel on our team. We have a commercial real estate agent. We have a property lawyer that are working along with our team. And we have seen God's hand move in big ways in this process. And I'll go into that in the future but uh, for, for this morning, I, I was just hoping I could say a little bit more today. But at this time, it would be irresponsible for me to do so, only because we all understand until the ink is on the paper, can't count your chickens before they're, before they're hatched, right? But hear me, hear me, just know we are very, very encouraged about where we are in the process. And we are very, very confident that we will be able to give you a definite answer very, very soon. So, yes, praise the Lord. 
Now, I just want to end with a quick assignment for you, if you don't mind. And here it is. If you're here, your assignment is this. If you wouldn't mind joining me, I'll be doing it as well. Reviewing those notes that I gave you, you could even just use that card that we gave you. If you would mind reviewing these notes and really looking to own that vision, mission, and strategy statement for your personal life, the values, the objectives, and that would you pray for our church as well to own it and to really fulfill it and live it out well? And then the second part of the assignment is this. Listen, if you personally know someone who couldn't make it today, would you please, please, please make sure that they listen to this message on the podcast? Listen, not because it was a great message, but because it is so, so important that we all start out on the same page as we move forward into the great future that we believe God is leading us into. And I want you to know that we as elders and leaders and as staff are super excited where God is leading us and more excited than we've ever been. And so um, anyway, own it, pray for it. Make sure if someone wasn't here that they engage with it too, if you would, please. Let's, let's pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc.